One, two, three. Good afternoon, everyone. This is episode five of the Outside Talks podcast featuring myself and, of course, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Ralph, architect Ralph Richard Sue. So today we have we have quite the episode. We, are, we, we plan to answer the questions that were given to us on our Instagram. And um, I guess we'll just run run through each one by one. So, hey, sir. Jovan, what's up, man? So yeah, um, good, today sir. will be um yeah today I I guess this will be a more um, casual episode, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. There were some uh, followers who sent their questions to us uh, through our Instagram page, and I guess we'll be answering some of those questions, mm-hmm. and then maybe along the way we'll can also share some anecdotes or thoughts about it. Yeah, so pretty casual, pretty casual mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, and I think the in the questions were pretty interesting too. Um, I think uh, there's a lot to to kind of like un, uh, unfold or unbox with these questions. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess I'll start with the first question, sir. Um, yeah. This is from Alexi Alcorcon from Instagram. I, I I'm not sure if that was the correct name. It's probably Alex, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's Alex. <laughs> it's probably Should Alex. Be, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> next next week, I think next week, yeah. Yeah. Next. Yeah. So okay. Uh, she she asks, "Do you advise apprentices to strive to be specialists or generalists? What do you think, sir?" All right. Um, I'll I'll take this one first, Van, and I'll mm-hmm. uh, also want to hear your thoughts about it oh, from yeah. the apprentice mm-hmm. uh, point of view. So I think um, I think initially, Siguro, for the first three months, at least for the first three months. Mm-hmm. Apprentices should have um, uh, should be open to learning as as many things as they can, mm-hmm. because if you strive to be a specialist right 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 at the right on the get go, um, you won't have the tools yet, and you won't know yet where you where you're gonna be really good at. So, for example, mm-hmm. when you start your your apprenticeship, um, if you hone in on one specific thing right away. Um, or if you make that a goal, na specialize ka so one thing lang, I think you'll be closing yourself to, you know, finding out what you're gonna be really good at. Mm. But then that's the first few months, man. I'd say. Mm. Yeah, I agree. But mm. then, no. But then afterwards, um, if you look at your apprenticeship as a whole, diba apprenticeship is um is required. It's it's not just required, but it's also, um. A very big stepping stone for you before you become licensed professionals mm-hmm. and um, so looking at the big picture looking at our looking at apprenticeship um, as a whole I would still say though na you should strive to be really good mm-hmm. at one thing like be like be a master of one thing but still knowledgeable in everything else mm-hmm. rather than to be mediocre at everything because then you'll end up like a draftsman i would say yeah and, uh, and it's hard and it's much mm-hmm. harder to to stand out uh, mm-hmm. and to find a niche for yourself to carve a niche for yourself if you are a jack of all trades at least that's how i see it Ikovan, what do you think yeah exactly no I, I totally agree um i i think at least for me coming off from just graduating and you know uh, starting off with the apprenticeship Obviously, um, we all would have certain skill sets that set us apart naturally. Like we have different strengths, mm-hmm. 
but I, I think what's so what's really important about going into actual practice or having the first taste of it is definitely like uh, what you mentioned sir is to kind of be for a moment a generalist you need to kind of i would say get a feel for how everything how everything works like what does it mean to Agreed. contact an engineer or try out this detail drawing that you haven't you've never done so as you gather like all this like stock knowledge you can then focus yourself on what what you're really good at and funnily enough i would say that sometimes what you think is a strength before is actually um not just your only strength you start to figure out that oh wait i could actually be good at this because you were able to i don't know give your give yourself that chance to um sort of experience all these other things um so right, I, right. I i have a question sir a follow-up to this one um how, how in, in, in terms of um a mentor for example how do you think that influences a lot of whether an apprentice becomes a specialist or a generalist? Well, well, I think um, whoever you choose to be your mentor will greatly influence how you see things and view things mm-hmm. and act on things. Because um, in a in an office setting, um, you work with your colleagues, your peers, and most of these peers would be similar to you, like mga apprentices, mga apprentices had. Mm-hmm. And then most likely your mentor or the principal architect of the firm is the one you will really initially, for sure, uh, in the beginning, look up to. So if your mentor sort of is a jack of all trades, then two things can happen. One, you will agree with your mentor. You will agree with his mentorship style. And then you will hopefully, you know, be better than him or her. And in this case, you will become a better jack of all trades. Mm. Um, or if Kwansia, if you, you know, you know, if you realize that um, your the mentorship style that your mentor has is not what you expected or is not what you like or agree with, then that's still a good thing because then you will decide to be to go through things differently, differently mm. than how your mentor goes about his mentorship style. So, so you can't help it, but be influenced, Jud, mm-hmm. um, whoever your mentor is. So pick a pick the right mentor, pick a good mentor, Jud. Mm-hmm. It's gonna play a big role, Jud. Hundred percent. And and for me, sir, like I can really back that up because right now the way I see my career kind of oh wow my my career uh, my career is yeah kind yeah of yeah up. of course. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, yeah. Started, you started your career. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, first day of school in yeah exactly that's Carlos. true yeah, that was, that's true. That was start, yeah. yeah i i feel that everyone should start thinking about it like that because everything uh, you start to do from that point uh you, you kind of take care more of that because so, you can know it influences the next thing you're gonna do um yeah oh uh, yeah. yeah but anyways like uh, uh sir like i really back that i that um that view up because right now the way i see my career pushing forward is is highly influenced by you know all your teachings everything you've been doing in the office so yeah, guys, like, right. really, really take right. your first but, first mentor very seriously, in my opinion, if yeah. you have the chance. Yeah, right. right. I, I I'd like to add something to that, Van. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, guys, um, when when Ivan says that um, the way his career is being shaped has been influenced by by my men, by my mentorship, it doesn't mean uh, he agrees with everything I say. He, uh, a good apprentice, listens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, thinks about it, thinks about what has been said or what has been done a lot, thinks about it a lot. 
and then makes a decision whether or not he whether or not he agrees or disagrees mm -hmm. and what is he going to do about it because um that's the beauty of communication and conversation mm -hmm. um, we don't all need to agree and we all don't need to disagree also um on every on every single thing but um even when you agree with someone then your wavelengths align mm -hmm. well and good but if you disagree with someone on something it doesn't mean that you are on opposite sides you just have different perspectives on the same thing and when you mm -hmm. have different perspectives on one thing that's that's better for you rather than just having one perspective 100 percent, exactly so yeah yeah, we were talking yeah. about this the, earlier. The power, uh, the, the power of conversation. Yeah, hundred uh, yeah. percent. Just to, just to add, sir, because like, we were talking about this earlier before we uh, started recording, and then um, I mentioned this idea of that if we only listen to ourselves, we're highly biased to what we really think, and sometimes it's not really good for us. So you know, like yeah. uh, conversation, especially communication with someone else, bouncing off is so important. Yeah, yeah, and also, guys, Kwanzaa. Uh, don't look at your mentors, uh, nor even your teachers, as people who know everything, or as people who have everything covered, or as people who have their shit together. No, we we are still going through a lot of things. That we're still um, forming ourselves, so um, we are also highly influenced by our apprentices and our mentees and and by our students. Mm -hmm. So it's a two-way street always. It's always gonna be a two-way street. Hundred percent. Yeah, I really agree with that, sir. Um, sir, uh, I guess I can move on to the next question. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. I hope, uh, Alex. I hope that was a uh, satisfying to hear. That, that satisfies. Well, <laughs> well, if you have, well, if you have more questions, Alex, you can always ask uh, ask us <laughs> in the yeah, office. next week. It, it, it's ne it's next, yeah, week, next week, right, sir? Wow. Uh, yeah, March one. Yeah, March one. Time, time goes no, no, next really next quick. week. Oh, yeah, oh, next week. Okay, today is Monday, Monday. That yeah, so true, technically though. next week. Yeah, next week, yeah. So, um, because I'm selecting questions here, and I think uh, a good segue from that question and based on how we answered is this mm. question from Gab Serrano. He, he's asking, what do you think is the perfect teaching style for architecture students? Well, think, mm -hmm. well I'll, I'll answer this from, the, from a teacher's perspective mm -hmm. uh, first, no? Yeah um definitely well maybe i can also share just a little bit long about my time as a student well mm -hmm. the perfect teaching style i think there's no there's really is no perfect teaching style because um everyone is different should every student is different if uh, you can have a student who is so academic and studious and very nanning who prefers to have you know like um visuals and like a proper um like set of things to study and read and research on mm -hmm. well there are also other students who who will who will respond better to you know like exams or or quick thinking or critical thinking so on and so forth mm -hmm. but for me i think uh the best teaching style at least from my from my own perspective lang, mm -hmm. is that um, in architecture, critical thinking has to be practiced. Critical thinking is um, is the questioning of oneself and one's mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. 
because the more you question something, the more it becomes refined and the more it becomes clear to you. And this is very important in design. If you're faced with a very simple question, Van, like what color should I use? Is it black or white? If you decide to go with white just because that's your favorite color, mm -hmm. then you are jumping to conclusions already. You're not you're not you're not doing critical thinking because you're not mm -hmm. questioning mm -hmm. yourself, right? You automatically are making a decision. Ah, I'll go with white because I don't know, that's my favorite color. There's, believe me, Dovan. There's, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of students who are who are like that, mm -hmm. um, who just refuse to to think about things right. a little more, mm -hmm. a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. Like, um, why did you choose this style? I like it. That's crazy. Really? Yeah. The, the next question should be, why do you like it? Mm -hmm. I like I like white because um, that's the color of my room. Do you like your room? Do you like how you experience your room right now? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Okay, then I think we're going on the right path. Now, why do you like? Why do you feel that white is good for your room? What does the color white do for you? There's so many questions that should be asked mm -hmm. in design, because remember, design is solving problems. If the first thing you do in in quote unquote design is make a decision right away, then you are not trying to. You don't understand the problem well enough yet mm -hmm, to exactly. make to to jump to into conclusions and say an answer right away. You have to ask a lot of questions and try to understand it. So I guess that's that's one thing that's that I think that's one of the most appropriate um, teaching styles for architecture mm -hmm. because we are designing, we are solving problems. Um, architecture should not be taught in a way that you know, can memorize this, memorize that, because there's no two projects that are the same. We all know that, right, man? Yeah, agree. <clears throat> that's so true. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's the part of how I see things as a teacher. Now, when I was a student, Van, mm -hmm. um, we were given, we were just given uh, the design briefs for the plate, without being given much context about it. So um, if I could add one more thing about uh, the, about how to make a perfect teaching style, I guess it would be to, um, to not just tell students what to do. You have to teach them how to do it and you have to tell them why they have to do it. It's not just the, the, the what, the what to do. You have to teach them the how to do it. And then the the why why should you do it? It should be those three things. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think if we do that, we can have uh, future generations of architects who are who who give things a lot more thought, mm -hmm. more than just um, following instructions and just going from point A to point B, just because they were taught that's what they should do. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I, I think so. Like the way you teach, it it kind of gives gives um at least the student another way to see architecture, because I think that a majority of how people like especially uh like first years for example they, they we see not re um they see architecture as just like floor plans or you know facades, or like nice looking things, mm -hmm. but I think if everyone starts to understand that there's a deeper level understanding architecture 
I think then they can have that mm-hmm. even even that deeper appreciation for it, which is I feel is rare at the moment. You know, a lot of people would say things, but um, to have that personal appreciation, I think, I think that's um, that's life changing. <laughs> I'm not being, <laughs> I'm not being mm. too extra about it, but, uh, but it's cliche. But uh, uh, right, uh, was it was it difficult for you, Van, um, when you first started in the office? Like to to have this kind of uh, method of teaching, but mm-hmm. a very Socratic method of teaching, very dependent on critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it mm-hmm. difficult for you, or was it, um, or what, or did it, you know, um, allow you to become more of who you really are? Because mm-hmm. you had you had an affinity for this type of mm-hmm. teaching, this Socratic mm-hmm. method and critical thinking. For me, sir, like I thought, uh, it wasn't it wasn't exactly hard for me because that's actually how I really want to be taught or how I like to learn. When I'm bouncing off of someone and someone would ask me a question, and then it has it has, it forces me to think to think why, um, to think how, so and so forth. That's why I feel that my if I was to pick a perfect teaching style for me, it would be like a hands-on Socratic sort of type where where there's um. There's a lot of involvement from the mentor, and at the same time, you're also involving yourself with him too. At the same time, because I feel like when it's just hands-on, you know, it's just a one-way street. But I think the best, the best way to really learn is at, communication, yeah, communication two-way, yeah, two-way street, street basically. No? Yeah, right. So, just for those who um, are wondering what the Socratic method is, um, I looked it up so that I won't make mistakes. Uh, so the Socratic method is a form of co- of cooperative argumentative dialogue between individuals based on asking and answering questions to stimulate critical thinking mm-hmm. and to draw out ideas and underlying presuppositions. So this did so um, the Greek philosopher Socrates was the one who um, made this famous by practicing it up until his death. So if you guys um, are are looking for um, philosophers to look up to. Um, Socrates is definitely one of those OGs, mm-hmm. I'd say. No, mm-hmm. but Van, uh, going back to the Socratic method, Van. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, for you, it worked because no, um, for you it worked perfectly because that's what you preferred and that's what you thrive in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to have dialogues and conversations. But because you're a very em- empathetic person. Mm-hmm. And then um, um, thinking and thoughts have a lot of value for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I would agree. On the flip side, also mm-hmm. there no. There's also on, on, but on the flip side, there's a lot of people now. When you when the conversation starts getting to be deep, mm-hmm. or when the dialogue requires more thought, mm-hmm. they back away from it and say, "Alau mananay," like deep right, right. deep Now when I think. Things are essentially deep, Jud. Yeah, yeah. 100%. When you look at the everything is deep, Majud, because there's a story behind everything, Jud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now, if you really want to make a connection, mm-hmm. um, or if you want your architecture to to make a connection mm-hmm. with the people using it, then you have to think of things mm-hmm. in a more deeper way, because mm-hmm. if it's just surface level, like oh, I saw this on Pinterest, this is very famous, this is very trending. I'm sure my client will like this. Are you really sure that that's going to make a connection uh, mm-hmm. as a client? Will your architecture make a connection with the client if your basis is 
just very surface level, very very shallow. Yeah. Because you because you refuse to think of architecture as something very deep and essentially mm -hmm. very you know mm -hmm. ha something that has a lot of meaning, ba? Exactly. Exactly. So, diba? Like, sa akong classes na ko van, mm -hmm. if I if I can compare my classes uh, now compared to my time, during my time ten. 15 years ago, no one would raise their hand to ask a question because everyone was scared to make a mistake, mm -hmm. uh, to sound stupid. But now, I guess with the help of social media and the culture that we have now, which promotes um, individualism mm -hmm. and valuing yourself, putting yourself at the forefront, ma. now my students don't uh, are no longer... Um, embarrassed or shy to ask to ask a question, mm -hmm. like the a lot of them ask questions like good, and then a lot of them also ask for for consultation hours even after, getting um, plasma. Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, it is amazing, but everything it's a progression. Some of good one. If before no one would raise their hand mm -hmm. to ask a question, now. Everyone is uh, is raising their hands to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Now the next step there is evolution of the academia mm -hmm. or architecture students. Is that is that when you ask a question, oh no, before you ask a question, ask that question to yourself first. Refine it first, mm -hmm, exactly. so that when you ask that question to your teacher or to anyone you are having a dialogue with, refined nasia. Mm -hmm. We won't have to excavate or or dig or what you really mean. Mm -hmm. And then if you do that, you know, you will be presenting uh, a diamond to your professors or to mm -hmm. your or to your groupmates instead of um like a rock pa, which you have to, you know, chisel and yeah, polish pa, exactly. in order for it to become a diamond. Mm -hmm. The diamond here or the rock here is your thoughts. If you refine your thoughts, meaning you refine that rock, it can turn into a diamond, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a thought that has much more value. Mm -hmm. So, exactly. I guess it's 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 a good sign that a lot of students are raising their hands and asking questions. It's very good. Exactly. Um, the next step would be refine your thoughts first, and then mm -hmm. maybe also after you ask a question, if you don't understand it, ask a follow-up question. That's the beauty of the follow-up question. It becomes a dialogue. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. It no longer becomes a question and answer segment. It becomes a dialogue, a conversation. Yeah, exactly, sir. I think that follow-up, for example, when someone follows up, it, it's kind of like a, like a, a signal that they have this deeper understanding that they just achieved at that moment, yeah. and they need to clarify that. For sure. It's like it's a for sure. Man. And I and I think too, like a like um maybe at least for me, a personal way to see if you're improving in the way you think is in the quality of your questions. Because the thing about crafting a question, mm -hmm. I feel, is that it requires um deep thinking, but then also at the same time thinking about how is the person going to take this. So like for example, sir would say like what you mentioned, sir, is that you have to kind of think about the question first, refine it before delivering it. So that act of refining is basically mm. another act of critical thinking, which can then be applied to yes. a lot of situations. Um, I think that's Everything. why, yeah, yeah, sir, yeah. That's why I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of asking good questions because I love, I love the way mm. when the question hits and then the person receiving it is like that. That's a good question, and they start 
kind of like examining yeah. it and breaking it down and then like there are these new nuggets of gold that you can start picking up yep but um, yep more diamonds yeah, more diamonds you know if you guys play minecraft <laughs> <laughs> but then but you know sir it's like I, i'm so <laughs> impressed by the generation right now because my gen was also relatively similar to yours mm. but only a couple of people are like really like standing up and asking a question mm. so like I guess this is a this is this is a step forward to the next gen from this generation to I don't know be more refined. It's I, I think it's always right. like that, you know. We're right. we're always right. a reaction to yeah, the previous generation. Yeah, yeah. Right. But what so this is also a challenge Advan. I think it, this is perfect because mm-hmm. I think for th- for this episode most of our listeners will be students and uh yeah, very young apprentices. But most of you guys mm-hmm. listening now I would assume are uh students of architecture. Now, this is mm-hmm. a challenge for your generation. Each generation should be the next generation should be better than the previous one. Now, if the if the current generation is very good, I'm not saying that the current generation is is is, is perfect or nor is it very good. This is just an mm-hmm. example. But for example, lang, if the current generation is very good, the next generation, which is you guys, the next students, kamo, should not be okay with the current generation's greatness. You have to make it your own. So how so then mm-hmm. how do you make it your own? First, you have to learn from the current generation's mistakes, and also what the current generation is doing good. You learn from that, and then after that, you you make it your own. You apply it. You try. You just need to try to apply it in, in your designs, because if you see a very good design on Pinterest, you guys know how much I hate Pinterest. But but if you see a nice visual pegs interest, if your next step would be to follow it you guys are not thinking you are not mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. because you're just copying you need to okay here's, here's a tip when you see something that you that that inspires you do not copy it be inspired by it and then after being odd and who's and us project or the architect that you are you know idolizing but never idolize anyone but have much admiration for mm-hmm. when when it, when it settles you try to understand why do you like it okay you can even get inspiration from something that you hate or that you really dislike yeah, that's okay for example if you see something but then okay why do i hate it why do i dislike it so much and then on the other side why do i love this what parts of this do i want to understand more or to apply sa kuang new design, diba? If you mm-hmm. keep, if you start doing that, the chances of you making something that works into something that is you or something that works for you and something new and innovative, your chances will be much higher, much higher than just copying it, copy pasting it, yeah. which is very sad. Yeah. So students mm-hmm. don't do that. You're not doing yourself any any justice there. You are just making your your that is essentially cheating, um, and you're just cheating yourself. Yeah, exactly. So if I may share a thought, I, but I'm not really sure if you agree with this. Um, yeah, sure, but sure. But I, I feel that, um, for example, because I remember when I was still a student, um, I had this struggle of because I wanted everything that I made. I wanted to be. I wanted everything that I designed to be very unique. 
But what that did was that it paralyzed me because I, I did not and I ended up not knowing what to think. So this is just in connection with a user mentioning that we can take inspiration from what we like and don't like, and we must know what that means. So I guess my point is is that if you think about it, everything that we make is inherently not new. It's always somehow inspired from a certain right. idea that we saw or the thing that we saw last week. So in case there's the struggle of creating something, just realize that the more you know, the more you uh, expose yourself to, the more inspired you are to as to why things are. Well, I feel only then can you make really great ingenious ideas because it's always because mm-hmm. it, it's coming from you anyway. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. And and every project is unique. Exactly. So if you're inspired by um, Zaha did, then instead of copying copy pasting her works in your plate for mm-hmm. a four story apartment, let's say, you just try to understand first works ni Zaha. And and by and by picking mm-hmm. and choosing which parts inspire you and why, and then trying to apply it in your project, that becomes unique already. Because exactly. like I said, every project is unique. Why is every project unique? You have different clients, different sites, different locations, different parameters, different budgets different mentor working with, different apprentice that you can be working on that project with. Everything is different, so everything is unique. Mm-hmm. So so it's so it's okay to um, to look up to architects and um, be a fan of architectural styles, but um, um, you just need to try to understand also why you feel this way about these architects and for these particular architectural styles. I agree with mm-hmm. you, Van, for the record. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that that um, it's very, very, very difficult to come up with something that is totally brand new. Yeah, like I think in music, mm-hmm. yep. I think in music, um, Elvis, Beatles, um, mm-hmm. Bob Marley, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. um, these guys were the guys who sort of uh, I'm not a music aficionado, so I'm I may be wrong, but mm-hmm. I think these guys are the ones who set the genres. Yeah, exactly. Or they could be the ones who elevated the genres. Yeah. Diba? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I think in terms of like creating yep. something new, I think uh there are only two I feel that there are two things that happen. Either you're heavily inspired and uh, you're heavily inspired by something, then you create it, then it becomes unique because you made it with the context you have. But mm. uh, and and um and at the second and for the second point, you either create something that someone else has only been dreaming but never been done, so it's mm. been thought before but it never happened. So I think it's still in within yeah. this loop that it's unique, but at the same time, it's not fully unique, but unique mm. in in each of their own, I guess, merit. Yeah, yeah. If it solves the problem, good. That is design. Exactly. 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 And be- and because. If then because it solves a problem, and because every project is unique, that isn't that aren't we being innovative? Mm-hmm. We are solving problems up, uh, in different ways for different projects. So that is already being innovative. We exactly. are being creative. Exactly. We are becoming, and we are not, and we are no longer copy pasting stuff. Exactly. Right? So I guess that's it. Yeah, that's it, sir. So actually, we've hit the 30-minute mark. Um, Maybe you can have... take one. 
one yeah, one more question, question yeah 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 so it's cool because this question is uh, very much related to what we've been talking about sir so this is from nathan ko M. yeah ko. nathan yeah he asks in designing is there a line that can be drawn between critical thinking and temperance maybe you can take this one first man oh yeah yeah so um i was actually looking this uh this up earlier so i guess mm. temperance is more on self-restraint like stopping yourself from yeah. doing something and critical thinking is basically really trying to drill into the problem um mm -hmm. i think i think for me these two terms are almost like in opposite sides because in terms of temperance you can stop yourself from doing something and never allow yourself to like progress like move forward but with critical thinking you might be pushing yourself too far that you lose yourself from the main goal of let's say the project or the design problem so i think there is definitely a line that can be drawn there but i think it's when you start to compare the pros and cons of being being self-restrained versus the pros and cons of being critical thinking and then find the 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 mid ground there where does it where does it like meet and then i think that's where you can find the answers there um I, that's as far as um the question that's what i feel about it sir like um i think there's a there's quite right. a, yeah so I, I was wondering what you what you thought yep right now I, the question is a difficult question to answer in the first yeah. place because it's it's quite vague but also pretty specific in terms mm -hmm. of because critical thinking and temperance were um individually uh mm -hmm. mentioned in the mm -hmm. question so so for me, my, my initial thought like Yudande is I don't think there should be a line to be drawn between critical thinking and temperance. Because like you said, Van, both of them are from the are are, are on the up are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Now, if we look at this, the spectrum is like a seesaw. So if we give mm -hmm. both of them equal values, it's gonna be a flat a flat mm -hmm. spectrum. Neutralness, yeah. Right, or right. there will be compromise in design i rarely agree with compromise mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. if you compromise on design um the tricky part the tricky part there is you want everyone to win you want all mm -hmm. parties to be happy mm -hmm. thereby an ending in on no one wins because you are compromising already mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you because uh, you don't want to step on anyone's toes or put more value on something more than the other. So for me, my initial response to this is there should not be any line drawn mm -hmm. between critical thinking and temperance. Um, I think that uh, the practice of architecture or anything that requires passion and inspiration is to do away with temperance. Mm -hmm. because i think temperance is a very limiting thing to passion and creativity mm -hmm. temperance right, is needed right. in in law in the court in the in the in, in the courtroom for logic or for anything that has laws and regulations already but but in creative but in creativity and inspiration mm -hmm. i think critical thinking you should you should there should not be a limit to it what that's um, true. limit true. Regular, no no i think the limit there one would be mm. when you already know or feel that you have answered your question already mm. 
then yeah, you exactly. then you stop there. Exactly. No. Exactly. So I guess temperance yeah. in this way, Van, can mm. be uh, maybe we should replace temperance. Uh, number one, they shouldn't be aligned, and maybe replace mm. the word temperance with uh, maturity, siguro. Agreed. Um, so, no, sir, as a supporting like, element. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I think the way we can visualize it, sir, like it's almost like a a tug and pull between the two, and in the middle is maturity because both kind of act together. There's no separation. There's mm. no line. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, yep. I think that's the same spectrum. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yep. Because I think with so then, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I think with temperance, you like what you mentioned, sir. It's limiting, so you never really innovate. You never really mm. think forward. But with mm. critical thinking, I think the in terms of architecture, at least, I feel that the worst part of this is that it becomes. Mm. I don't know. I'm. I'm. What's the word for it? Like. Uh, like it's uh, like uh, there's a lot of things going on already because you're thinking about so many things like uh, chop suey yep, is yep. that the term yep chop suey yeah. yep there's too many things already yeah, yeah. Yep. and then or 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 um, the opposite mm -hmm. it, it can be too controlled already yeah exactly you, exactly. you become too conscious already mm -hmm. and then and then you decide not to not to not to mm. push through with it or finish it up because exactly. because you become conscious already exactly. exactly i think i think architecture requires a lot of passion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and for students out there who think that uh, i'm not passionate about architecture don't give up yet you don't know yet really if you're passionate about it or not mm -hmm. in my personal experience i was only I became only passionate about architecture by third year second sem Mm. When I when 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 architect Ragas was our teacher sa sakad when we were taught how to make perspectives and 3D models already because only then konaka realized now I can actually now see my ideas on a screen in front of me. So if you think that mm -hmm. you're not passionate about architecture, chances are you are passionate about it. You just have not decided that you that, that this is really what you want or you just haven't had the tools yet that will enable you mm. to be more creative and to see your creations right in front of you okay. um mm -hmm. no well uh medyo, medyo we branched out yeah. from the topic because from from <laughs> uh from temperance and critical thinking you know critical thinking is a key ingredient in in architecture because mm -hmm. architecture is a very creative field mm -hmm. and i guess temperance but is... i think i think oh, um yeah. yes sir yep yep uh, i think we can have we can take one one last question man. one last mm. question okay yeah so just one last let us look through the questions the list of questions Pick one uh, i think uh um, a question i think one uh, is again from gab serrano yeah what are the advantages and disadvantages of working in a big firm and a small firm. All right. You want to take this first one? Okay, sir. All right. Um, well, um, just a just a um, just a pre-thought, I guess. I haven't really worked in a big firm yet, in quotation marks. Um, but I think the main advantage that I see in working in a a smaller firm, in terms of size, okay, not tier, but size. Um, mm. is that 
you are more involved in the process of the office from starting the design or then until collaborating with the client, the engineer, until construction. So I think for apprentices, I think this is the best way to look, in my opinion, to look how to move forward because you need that full exposure to everything before you start moving into other things that you want to do. Versus in a big firm, you would probably you would probably be del- like diluted. You'll be too watered down. So you might focus more on specific things for a month and then the next month. But then I, I can't really say because I, I don't have a lot of evidence versus, for example, what Sir would tell me. So I think for that second part, Sir, um, the disadvantages, uh, maybe you could answer that part. Yeah. All right. Right. Thanks, Van. Um, Ivan is right because... um. Uh, RSA is not a big firm. We are a small firm, um, and for Ivan's perspective, that's that's what he that's what the past almost three years has been like for him. Um, for me, I apprentice in a very big firm. Um, like I say, um, everything has pros and cons. But if I were to give an advice, I would give similar advice to Ivan. You go for you go for, you go work for with not under you go work with a smaller firm because um, what you're looking for or what you should be looking for are opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, bigger firms tend to not have more opportunities, but in lieu of that, they offer stability, not really financially, but they offer stability or give you an idea um, about. Of the of the importance of having a system to help run the office, mm-hmm. so not so they have um, better standards. I would say, I would mm-hmm. assume, a very good standards, um, a sense of stability. Um, it's like it's like um, if you're applying for a firm and then you and then the firm that you want to apply for is a very big firm like top ten in Asia. Um, mm-hmm. When you enter that firm. The pitfall there is you simp for that firm. Am I using the, the slang simp. corrective of simp? You become a, a simp. simpleton. Yeah, simping. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, musimpka. <laughs> like, musimpka for that firm. But, like, I don't care. And then, and then, then you end up placing that firm on a pedestal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you'll never be able to reach it mm-hmm. because you are looking at the firm from the perspective of a simp, someone who can. <laughs> Only dream of having the same uh, level of success that firm mm-hmm. is experiencing. Yeah, exactly. But then, if Atoka did to a smaller firm, you are in the trenches. Mm-hmm. You are a part of a lot of things, and that's what you, you guys should be looking for: mm-hmm. opportunities. Mm-hmm. But be careful also. Don't go look for a, to work with a firm just because it's a small firm. Don't expect it. Sad you will learn a lot of things mm-hmm. or don't expect to learn a lot of things that are correct and good and meaningful. Mm-hmm. Always look at the firm's projects, mm-hmm. try to research on their principles, and also try to understand or, you know, dissect the mentor exactly. or the principal architect of that exactly. firm. Exactly. Okay. So, so mm-hmm. everything has pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Ivan is saying your your vote is for where, Ivan? Sorry, sir. Where do you cast your vote? Where do you cast your I vote? Cast... Big firm or small firm? Definitely a small firm. 
Yeah, sir. I mean, I I cast my vote on a small firm. Oh, but if I may add to that, it's funny because you have to put more research on small firms than big firms. If I was to give any advice, because they're because um, smaller firms have less of a, of a presence. I think so. You could you might have a chance of jumping into a firm that doesn't really uh, provide that thing you're looking for. So like what sir mentioned, always research like research as much as possible. For me, I would say I got super lucky. I got super freaking lucky that I bumped into Sir, because everything that I've learned up until now was super. It was unplanned, but I'm thinking about those who probably won't have that luck. So yeah, research, know know the projects, know what they're trying to do, what it means to do that, and especially the mentor, because again, you know, you'll be so influenced by, um, by what you initially learned in right. these two years. So. Right. Right, but I have to interject one thing. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you you said yep, yep. You said that um, you said the um, something about luck. You don't make your luck. Mm, exactly. You, yeah, yeah, you, luck is not something that that just happens to you. You make your own luck day. You make mm. your own luck, and that's what you've been doing during your time as a, as a, as an apprentice. You know, you make your own luck. Yeah, that if, is true. That is true. If um, you feel, yeah, like if you feel now you're not having enough opportunities, or even mm -hmm. in school, mm -hmm. if you think now that you that your grades are too low, you think if you feel that you should be getting higher grades, then you just try to analyze it mm -hmm. and then make it happen. Make your own luck. Make your own grades higher. Diba? You mm -hmm. you you uh, you you. There's a saying about mm -hmm. sleeping on. Uh, uh, you make the bed you sleep on, something like that. Sleeping on your laurels? <laughs> I, don't know. I just saw. <laughs> no, 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 no. Definitely no laurels. But something, uh, something about beds. Um, I was watching the, 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 the series U season oh. one again. Um, I forget. Yeah, I forget. I forget the phrase. I forget the phrase. But yeah, but yeah, you make your own luck. Exactly. Yeah, I believe that. I guess for me, uh, you simply have to apply yourself. Like apply yourself. If you guys watch Breaking Bad, um. I forgot his name, sir. Like the main guy, uh, he always said um, Walter White. Yeah, we all, Walter, Walter, White. Walter White always says that to uh, Aaron Paul. Uh, his, yeah, his, Jesse his Pinkman. Yeah, Jesse Pinkman. Jesse Pinkman. You gotta apply yourself. Apply yourself. Yeah. That's very true. Apply yourself. You, know? <laughs> you gotta apply yourself. That's really that's where I got it, sir. I and I've always office. been using that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you Jesse Pinkman? <laughs> well, I think if I think if I go back to my bald head. You know, but never again. I kind of didn't like that. But I mean, like nothing against like you know not having hair, sir. Like you know, it's always beautiful. Right, you right. know, right to the beholder as well. So I'm not. Absence, like... ab, you know, ab, absence adds value to the other things. Yeah, uh, there's that saying, sir. Um, <laughs> absence of something makes the heart grow fonder. Is that it? Uh, no, no, no. Distance makes the, I, I, I think the I, heart I... grow fonder. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Obsessor, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So you know, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Some, um, some you lose not by, uh, not not intentionally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, salavi, oh, well. salavi, salavi, salavi. All right, so I guess that's the episode, sir. Um, I, first thing, if I can just uh, add, questions were really great. Um. Thank you, everyone. Uh, for me, I really enjoyed this conversation, sir. I think we should have a sponsor next time, but I mean, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, cream silk. 
or what are, <laughs> what are those hair products? Sounds like those gro- gro- growth serums. I don't know. Growth serums. <laughs> they don't work. <laughs> They're fake. I'm yeah, kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> all right. 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 So, all right. All right. All right. So, sir, would you like me to end or would you want to do the closing? Um, yeah. Go for it, man. Um, I think we've answered okay. um, uh, four questions, though. And we have yeah, four questions. Um, really good questions. Yep. We're yeah. almost up to an hour now, I think. Yeah. But we had, we were able to talk about a lot of things, uh, branched out mm-hmm. from the main questions. And um, mm-hmm. before you close, I hope that um, everyone has learned something. This is, uh, like I said in the beginning, this is a very casual um, um, episode. It's just some quick, uh, quick question and answer portions. And we'd love to do more of this, guys. And we will be um, showing this, hopefully, on YouTube soon, um, so that um, a lot more of you guys, um, you know, can be a part of the Outside Talks podcast. We'll have more mm-hmm. outsiders. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> outsiders. Yeah, in, yeah. Outsiders in inside. <laughs> inside. So yeah. Um. So. <laughs> uh. So yeah. That, that's it. Um. Guys, again, like, make sure you guys follow us. Follow us on our social medias, the Outside Talks on Facebook and Instagram. So we were able to receive these questions through Instagram. So there will be a post there to uh, prompt you guys to ask. So guys, like. Just ask away, ask away. It's always a, it's yeah. always a pleasure to uh, receive um, a lot of feedback from you guys. So yeah, that's episode four. Um, great talking, sir. Great episode questions, five. great conversation. Episode oh, five. episode five. My bad. Wow, wow. I'm stuck. Five. I'm stuck in the past. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Move on, man. <laughs> All yeah, right. Move so, on. Yeah, I gotta move right. on, man. All right. All right, sir. Peace. Peace, All right. guys. All right. Bye, guys. Ciao. Bye, guys. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.